Welcome back, everybody, to Bearded Clansman of the Veil, vale, Game of Thrones LCG show. Uh, I'm Kyle, son of Kyle. And Shaggy Dom. And we're today... Shaggy Dom? Shaggy, shaggy dork? Uh, no. Today we're going to talk <laughs> about um, two things in particular. Uh, as we've mentioned in the last few episodes, we've getting closer and closer to Store Champ season starting. Actually, for some places, I think Store Champ season's ending, but here in Colorado, uh, we do what we want. So... Yeah, we're starting next sunday yeah <laughs> two days ago whenever this is played yeah it, time's weird but today we're but we got interrupted kind of talking about decks and we're going to talk about another deck today for store mm -hmm. champ season by this brand new deluxe spoiler article called what is it called fury of the storm which in fact is the name of the expansion for baratheon so baratheon's getting deluxe expansion mm -hmm. whoop, whoop. about time yeah and uh Fantasy Flight's been doing this a lot lately where they've kind of like been like, hey, screw you local realtors or local stores. Buy from our website and get free stuff. And I'm not sure how I feel about that, but that's not what we're going to talk about today. But at the top of the article, you'll see all of the full arts that you get if you pre-order from the FFG website. But there is two things that this this uh, this deluxe expansion tends to focus on, as far as we could tell, is the king and the relore trait. But that's just what the article says. Um, right off the bat, we get a kind of cool spoilers of a new Robert Baratheon, uh, a new ship or location, uh, Melisandre, Dale Seaworth, so Davis's son, and mm -hmm. someone named Shira Errol. And I don't mm -hmm. know who that is, but... <laughs> not important. Not important at the moment, because we're going to talk about the three new kings and of some of the other cards we're going to see. So the first card mm -hmm. we have is named Robert Baratheon. You've heard of him before, maybe. He's a seven-cost military power icon character with five strength. Loyal, unique, Lord and King. And he's got renown, as uh, kings are wont to do have. And as a reaction, during the standing phase, you get to choose one of three abilities he has. To either not let characters with printed cost 5 or higher stand, to not let characters with printed cost 4 or lower stand, or to not let locations stand this phase. So, that's pretty cool. Oh yeah, definitely. I like it. Um, has a little bit more control. Than the previous course uh, set, Robert. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, just the possibility if you're going with that kneeling um, themed kind of deck with the Cormel, this could definitely help you with that. And the nice part is it says other characters too. So at first, when I read this card, I thought he would keep himself down, but he doesn't because he only keeps other characters mm -hmm. down, which is kind of nice because that renown keyword is going to make it so he uh, gets power from those challenges that he may be able to do while everyone's standing, right? Or, or everyone's knelt. Of course, because a king never kneels. Exactly. Insert joke about Baratheons here. But uh, you're right. So the old Baratheon was just kind of like a beat stick or wins dominance, and this one tends to go more towards the control play, which I think is cool. And mm -hmm. one of the things that I think is interesting, too, is they costed him the same. They gave him the same, same keywords, the same strength, the same icons, and the same cost as the other Robert Baratheon, which is... Yep. actually pretty cool because it means that you don't really have to you can just switch out the effects you don't have to really worry about the change in your curve or anything like that no no I mean the only thing different is they took intimidate off and changed the text mm -hmm. all right so our next king is Renly so there's a new Renly Baratheon but this Renly is in Baratheon and not Tyrell which is kind of interesting he is a six cost character oh go ahead sorry sorry I just I not to interrupt you but Every time I see the artwork <laughs> for this card, 
Does it? And it just might be me and my eyes. Does it look like the everything but the face is like drawn, but the face of Renly like looks like an actual photo of someone, and they just like photoshopped it? Kind of. Yeah, I like, can see that. I can definitely see that. It just looks weird, but <laughs> you're you know. like, how do, why do they do it this way? <laughs> yeah, I see. I'm like, Ugh. they've done this that before song. though. Like they've done that on some other cards before. It's like the face is almost too realistic, and you're like. Dang it! It ruins everything else. Yeah, I was just I just had to throw that out there. But okay, anyways, go ahead. Uh, so he's a six cost tricon, uh, three strength. He is non loyal and he is unique, Lord King. He's got renown. It says as an action, you can kneel your faction card to put a non Baratheon character with printed cost X or lower into play from your hand, where X is Renly Baratheon strength. So at the very least, you're going to get a, a three cost or lower. But if you start mm -hmm. to pair him up with stuff like Tyrell, pump his strength, or any other faction that can pump strength, you can really get him to kind of just lay out a bunch of really cool free stuff without having to kneel. Uh, I'm not too sure. I think Tyrell would be the best one. I think so Hence too, why. but yeah. I mean, That's yeah. why his all his armor is green. <laughs> <laughs> well, and his yeah. flavor text says Tyrell swords will make me king. Nice. So let's get on to Stannis. Yeah, okay, so Renly is good with Tyrell and probably others, but we really want to see him with Tyrell. Crown of Rose Gold to make him a six, pretty straightforward. Uh, yeah. Stannis Baratheon, though, this Stannis is, is legit. Seven-cost character with a military power icon. Loyal, unique, and seven strength. He's got a Lord King trait, and he's got the Real Lord trait. It's pretty sweet. He's mm -hmm. immune to opponent's events, and he says there's a reaction. When you win a power challenge, draw X cards... X is the claim value of the attacking player's revealed plot card. You know what I just realized? It says what? after you win a power challenge, not after you win a power challenge he's participating in. Nope. <laughs> Gross. Yeah. <laughs> That's so... This is more of the reason why I like this card. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I like this card. This is a really good card. I actually think this is probably almost better than, uh, than that Robert card. Yeah. I mean, there's not really a lot to talk about for this one. I think you're getting you're getting one to two extra draw depending on what's happening. You're getting immunity to events, and you're getting a seven cost for seven strength. I mean, that that is good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and if you're able to get Lightbringer on him, then you can gain renown and then restand him. Yeah, and that's even better. So that'll be mm -hmm. pretty cool. I think that'll be pretty cool. Exactly. And uh, so the next card we have is a new Melisandre. Six cost, intrigue, and power mm -hmm. icon. Is a unique character, but non-loyal with five strength. Lady mm -hmm. Relore traits. And it's she's got stealth, and it says after you win an intrigue challenge as a reaction, uh, after you win an intrigue challenge where she's attacking, only attacking, move one power from a character controlled by the losing opponent to Melisandre. Then if that character has no power, kill it. So like... Wah, wah. <laughs> Wait, why is that want want? Is that's good? No, okay. no, no. I'm, I meant for like, them. Yeah, like, <laughs> and that's good. Uh, so like, at the very least, let's just think about it. She's killing one character every time she wins a power challenge. If there's no power on the board at all, best case scenario, you, you mean intrigue? Yeah, sorry, intrigue and intrigue power. I mean, it's all power. It's all power, baby. Uh, uh, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> hopefully it's unopposed, so you get a power from that. You'll get the power from moving one to her if that character has power, and you're killing it, which is a big swing. It's not like a big power swing, but it's a big board state mm -hmm. swing, which is pretty sweet. Mm -hmm. So, Well, I like it because like, even with the Starry Sept or like with Martell, the, the Desert Raiders, you know, you're, you're placing 
a power on any character and then if you use it with her you take it back and then you just automatically kill the character like it's just insane or if you have fury and I believe you can take a power from that character too so even if you have like a character with two power mm-hmm. like they're not safe yeah yeah it does a really mm-hmm. good job at like target weird target removal and without mm-hmm. the without the renown like those characters are just going to sit at one power like always within grasp of dying right and I th- yeah, and I think they have that location Storm's End, I think it's called, where you can move a power from a character into their faction card. To a faction card. Hmm. I believe so. So, I mean, there's there's ways of getting around characters. In most games, characters are not going to have, like, four or five power on them. You know, they're going to have, like, maybe one or two, three at most. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, there's definitely ways to, to get around it, so... Mm-hmm. So the next two cards we have are both going to be your lore cards that are either going to support the control aspects of what we're seeing in this set so far, or be good for Core Mill, because they have the lore tray and they're cheap. Uh, the first one is a Red Priest. It's a three-cost character with a military intrigue icon with two strength. Relore tray only, non-loyal, non-unique. It says, reaction after Red Priest enters play, look at an opponent's hand, then choose one card in that hand and remove it from the game until Red Priest leaves play. So this is, again, a quintessential mechanic of most non card games and it's really cool to be able to control and see someone's hand like that oh yeah for sure yeah I like it and especially it's three costs so you can flea bottom god you're yeah. flea bottom fanatic mm-hmm. non unique so you can you know have three copies <laughs> yeah that'll be good control three cards until they leave play and yeah, I think it could be really cool to do that, especially uh, if you can pair it with maybe some, uh, some like really cool discard stuff from Lannister, maybe, because mm-hmm. then you can like control the cards you're discarding better. Mm-hmm. So that could be fun. Yeah, it's not loyal too, so you can put it in with like Greyjoy with Triss. Yep, that'd be <laughs> sweet. That'd be so sweet. <laughs> the next one we have is called Alkalite of Flames. It's a two-cost character with a Mintrigue and a Power Icon, and it's two strength. It's uh, Ally Relore and Non-Loyal. This is a reaction after you, the draw phase begins. Kneel, Alkalite of the Flames, look at the top two cards of an opponent's deck, and you can put those cards in the bottom of that player's deck. I think we've talked about this before on this cast a little bit, but put, but putting cards in the bottom of someone's deck actually means they're probably not going to see them ever again in a Game of Thrones game. Um, yeah, unless they have a way of shuffling their deck, but yeah, more likely they're not going to see them. I mean, yeah, so, like, it's just, it's one of those things, like, like, if we bought them, they put us on the bottom of your deck, too, so you kind of, like, you got to, like, uh, think about that as an effect, because that's pretty brutal to do. I mean, they're not as accessible down there. Yeah, I mean, unless you're running Isle Ravens, and then, you know, shuffle, they're shuffling yeah. their deck. Or you're doing, like, jumping lines nonsense, and you pull some janky yeah. stuff like that, but this card's sweet. Mm-hmm. It's a two-cost lore trigger, and it controls your opponent's draw. Yeah, I definitely. I mean, I like it. Yeah, me too. You know? Me too. And it's not like it's not like a one-time thing. So you know, if you can keep them on the board for a few rounds, mm-hmm. then you can kind of mess with your opponent's hand. Do stuff at the end of the challenge phase or like dom phase to bring it back. That way, it's there for draw. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. Uh, the last mm-hmm. card we have that's a Baratheon card from this uh, preview spoiler is the plot. It's called Parlay at Storm's End. It's a loyal plot with four income. Uh, four in, in initiative, one claim, six reserve, and it's plot deck limit one. It's a siege war type plot, and it says when revealed, name a challenge type. 
Until you reveal a new plot cards, uh, new plot card, challenges of that type cannot be initiated. Yeah, I like it. It's like a better. Uh, it's like a control. It's a control plot. Yeah, it's like a better calm over Westeros kind of. Yeah. You know. So yeah, and it I gives mean, you some like money. It. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I think it'll definitely. You're right. It'll definitely see play in that kind of control deck. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think this set may be trying to do with Baratheon is put them in more of like a control state instead of like a rush or beatdown state. I mean, they can already kind of control a board, but being able to do things like Tyrell where you can control your opponent's draw and things like that is going to be really interesting to see how that pairs up. Oh, yeah, definitely. So. Mm -hmm. All right. No, I, I like it. So Yeah, we'll, we'll talk good. about the other cards more when the set comes out, I think, but not for now. Yeah. Or when more spoilers come out. <laughs> yeah. They'll do a whole article on, like, how to beat this stuff, but, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, so let's move on. Moving on. To, to Sword Champ. So this is a deck that Dom created, sent it to me like a week ago, and I lived through it, and I laughed at, laughed with it because it's such a kind of cool concept that we've been toying around. I mean, not toying around with the build, but toying around with the idea of this deck existing uh, since we did the pack review for uh, Marital Winterfell, I think. Um, that was back yeah. when we were doing videos, but... Uh, this deck is called Give Me Yo Characters, and it's a Night's Watch Banner of the Wolf deck. And uh, yeah, once you once you kind of start talking about the idea and how you play, and we can kind of conversate. Well, the idea of the deck is for me to take your characters. I think it's Yo characters actually. Yo Yo characters, like Yo Yo. Um, so yeah, uh... <laughs> like I'm gonna Yo Yo them out of your discard pile onto my board. Exactly. Sweet. Um, so the main idea is to get the wall out, um, the March of Winterfell version, the six cost one, which says each character you control gains the Night's Watch affiliation and lose all other faction affiliations. Action. Kneel the wall to choose an opponent. Put an eligible character of that player's choice from their discard pile into play under your control. <laughs> I mean, you have that. That's going to stick out. It's going to stay there for a while, and you're going to do it. You also have Guarding the Realm, which is another one that pulls in a, a, mm -hmm. something from a discard pile. You have uh, Yorin, which is another one that does it. Old Bear Mormont, which is another one. Recruit at the Watch is another one. So you really are focusing on just kind of pulling your opponent's characters onto your side and then using them. Yeah, and so um, it's kind of funny because, you know, you would think, like, oh, it's just, like, random. But... I have cards in here that actually can target uh, certain characters if I want to get them discarded, if I want to take them. So, like, which ones? Um, so, like, one would be Mutiny at Crestor Keep, this zero-cost event, Dominus Action, choose a character with the highest printed cost among characters you control, sacrifice that character to choose a character an opponent controls and discard it from play. So, boom, you uh, do that, and you got your discarded character. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you get to choose which one's discarded. Um, most of my characters that I have, unless I'm sacrificing one of their characters, um, you know, they're like cheap, like two or one cost characters. Um, maybe a couple fours, which I'm okay with um, sacrificing those. Um, maybe you have 21 one cost cards, 14 two cost cards, and then everything mm -hmm. else is six or lower for three and up. 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So the idea is to really use your opponent's characters against them. Um, Character-wise, you know, this is not a it's not an all-star lineup. Let's say. Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> You know, you're not going to see Eddard in this deck, you know. Oh, I see. I see. I just saw it. I just got it. Okay. So, because you have Mutiny at Craster's Keep, you have things like the Bay of Seals hard home combo, where you mm-hmm. stand somebody with Bay of Seals, and then you hard yeah. home them. Yep. Which I, a lot of times I put it in shadows, and then just so, so they don't know, and then all of a sudden, boom. But also, if I don't have Bay of Seals, I also put two cravens in um yeah so 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 as long as i can keep them standing for that round um i'm gonna hard hold them and then i'm gonna automatically take it um one other thing about the deck is um the efficiency with the wall my idea was trying to trigger it if i could like two times around um and one way of doing that is the veteran builders mm-hmm. and with the combo of flea bottom, um, which if you get those two cards so out, dirty. you get those two cards out. You just keep, you know, you bring in the veteran builder, stand the wall, or sacrifice stand the wall, then you just do it again. So you're taking two characters around at least. That's not including like guarding the realm or Euron. Um, Ramsey Snow helps um, alleviate that. You know, getting characters. If if you don't have any, um, he does that. I was um, gonna say Arya Stark is actually a very clever include because you have her out. I mean, all these things like hard home, mutiny at Craster's Keep, all this kind of stuff yeah. will like is completely like lethal. I mean, there's no saves. Yeah. No, and that's pretty brutal. Yeah. So the idea with her is just to keep her standing. Yeah. <laughs> If, as long as I can, but um, I'm just surprised you don't have like bloody flux in here either. I mean, that would be pretty good as long as you need, you played it at the right time, right? Because you're just like doing that kind of stuff without Arya. Yeah, um, I was thinking about it, but when I was doing the plots, it was just hard to to kind of fit it in. Looks like you went heavy on income plots. Yeah, just to kind of make sure I have enough for the the wall and and uh, you know maybe like. A couple characters. Um, You're like getting close to like like that dirty builders kind of janky stuff, but you're missing like a few key cards to do it, like with a certain cards because you have the craven, the improved fortification stuff like that, like the board mm-hmm. that you would probably want to get back, right? But you don't have the like the tutoring for it because there's not enough builders, so you're just hoping to hit it off of a. Uh, what was it? Mm-hmm. Did you do you still have that one in here? Builder at the wall. No. Uh, yeah, I have that. Just the only reason why I have builder at the wall is just because to lower the cost of the wall. Mm-hmm. I actually like that you put three finger hob in here too because he's gonna help you get that stuff back. Because your Isle of Ravensing stuff that gets killed, right? Or your mm-hmm. your and you're using Isle of Ravens, so your flea bottom doesn't hurt you as much with the bottom mm-hmm. of the deck stuff, like we just said. And that can mean that you hit those like veteran builders again, like maybe even the next turn if you get a good shuffle. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's see what other cards. Uh, Queen's Crown, which is always good because you're allowed, you know, to discard a character if they have one. If not, you know, worst case scenario, you put the top three cards in the bottom of the deck, which can, you know, kind of mess with them. Mm-hmm. Um, 
One other card I really liked was Septon Celador. And the reason why I like him is because it says nail him to choose an opponent that the player must choose and discard a character from their hand unless they reveal a hand containing no characters. Yeah, I mean, I, I like trade routes in this deck looks great because of all your locations. Summer Harvest will be good against like your opponent for turn one or two. Late Summer Feast yeah. will be good too. It's a ton of money. You mm -hmm. got your building orders and coppers for draw, and then double marched, which is yep. perfect in this deck. Double march. I hope my opponents like to walk because they're going to be marching to the wall. Oh my gosh, is that like the tagline? <laughs> like if you were to sell this deck as a movie? No. <laughs> I might I might say that at the game, like before I put my plot down. Yeah. <laughs> like, do you like to walk? Because you're about ready to march to the wall. <laughs> burn, burn, burn. Okay, so. Janus uh, Lint. Uh, why Janus Lint? Janus Lint? Oh, just because um, he's a zero cost shadow. And then you could, you know, you put him in. He's five strength, entry power. You know, because the goal is, I mean, to win the game with this deck is to use, like I said, their good characters against them. Um, so I, the reason why I added him is because he's a solid card. You know, you pay two gold, but then you get a five strength intrigue and power mm -hmm. out, out of him. And sacrifice the Night's Watch character, well, all characters on my side have the Night's Watch trait, so I can even sacrifice one of their characters and then just get him right back. Oh, that's true. That's a good point because they get that Night's Watch trait. Okay, I like it. I actually mm -hmm. like it because it's, uh, it's really cheap. So you're right, you're helping your econ. Yeah, and it's only one copy, so if I see him, cool. If not, cool. Yeah, same with like a lot of bunch of the cards in here, like Septon Celador is one copy, Varius is one copy. Mm -hmm. I like Varius a lot in this deck. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, Old Bear Mormont's one copy, Master Aemon's one copy. So it's like kind of yeah. like, eh, I can use it if I get it, you know? Yeah, the only one I really have three copies on is Veteran Builder and Ramsey Snow. And that is partially why I went with some of the higher econ plots because mm -hmm. I want to make sure I can afford him um, on the um, on the on the challenge or the round so I wouldn't be able to you know I, I marshal him in automatically I'm just gonna sacrifice him um, because I don't want to sacrifice another character that makes sense <clears throat> you pay and five costs to make him sack a character yeah pretty much and then if you just keep doing it enough, I mean, at one at some point they're just not going to have characters on the board. And it's nice because so. it sacks. You can you can like Isle of Ravens it back, and then maybe yeah. draw them again with Hob. Yeah, I, I really like Hob in this deck. I mean, you're not really increasing your reserve value, but I mean, your plots. Some of your plots have decent reserve on them. Well, that and like it just opens it up more. Like I don't have to sit on cards as much. I don't feel like. Um, I I'm just automatically know if I'm uh, under that number, then I'm gonna draw two cards. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. So uh, it helps me burn through stuff and draw cards. So why only one improved fortification? Um, you know, I was honestly thinking of all that Greyjoy crap uh, <laughs> with the <laughs> with it, and I was like, you know, I'm just gonna throw one in, you know, and. The main objective for that card is just to put it on the wall because without the wall, it's kind of like 
you know, your deck is kind of meh. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can still get characters on, you know, into the discard pile, but you're not going to be able to use them. You know. So, yeah, because you gotta. You and um, like that's that's nice though, because at least the wall is not like a character that can die. So like if you do discard yeah. a copy, you just have to try to play another one. So. Yeah, or you can't you can't uh, frozen solid it, or you know, I guess you can nightmares it, but that's it, really. Um, I I also put that card in there because you know some people are starting to play political disaster as well. Yeah. Um. So I figured that might be a good. Yeah, you know, no, that's a good one. I mean, the same reason people play, uh, like you know, iron mines to save from mass removal, right? Yeah, which is funny because the play testing I've been doing is against Greyjoy. And um, some of them has been great joy, and it's just so funny when I see him like you know marshal like two iron mines and stuff like that, and it's like, well, those iron mines are gonna do jack squat for you for what I'm gonna do. If Arya's out, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true too, because well, it's like kill for iron mines. A lot of the great joy save is kill, and so. Well, no, like my my agenda is to sacrifice. So your your location, if anything, is gonna feed into my trade routes. Yeah, though that's a good point too. I was thinking so, with like Arya out there, like none of that stuff's gonna matter anyway. <laughs> well, that too. If I was able to attack for, you know, with military, and all I that. I really like that um, you threw Ward in here too. I think Ward is one of those cards that's like kind of interesting in this deck. Like, mm -hmm. it's really cool in this deck actually, because the character gains the, the Stark affiliation and then loses it and gains Night's Watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Yeah, it's it's just kind of funny because it's like it's one of those like you have to have. It's like okay, if I can't sack this character, but you know what, I'm gonna take him, and then that just leaves an extra, uh, one less character on the board. Now, ideally, you want to go second with this deck every every round if you can. Mm -hmm. um, so then you can just keep, you know, you have your opponent pay, say for a four gold character, and then oh well, by the way, I'm gonna take him. So now they just wasted four gold. You gained you gained their character, um, potentially you know whatever their text is. You mm -hmm. gain as well, um, and then you can use it to against them their shenanigans. So, um, yeah. So I'm excited to try it out. Um, I, online, it's done pretty well. Um, like I said, I've had you know some games where one of the great joy games I played, I was able to take. Uh, King's Moot Asha, which is seven costs. Um, Balon, the core oh, one, so six costs. And Euron, and the sh uh, the Lordship, right? Yeah, Lord Support Ship, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I've been able to take one of them. Uh, the drum, I took his drum. Honestly, I can uh, see this deck doing really well against decks like Greyjoy or like Rush Baratheon or anything like that, because you really yeah. are just trying to sack the key pieces. And, like, that can hurt mm -hmm. those decks a lot. Like, a lot. Because they don't have yeah. a lot of money. So if you take away a Asha, I can't really play one before you steal it in most cases. Even if you... Even if I do stop you from stealing it, or, like, kill the one that's on your side or something, right? Mm -hmm. I have to deal with the fact that I have to play another one somehow. And that is yeah. a lot... That's a heavy hit to income. You know, and that's one of the things I think about this deck that's, like that you have to think about is like it's like a st two steps removed tempo hits all the time right where like mm -hmm. i like discard a guy from your hand and then pull it over to my side and you're like shit now i have to try to draw another one of those and i then i have to try to kill his before i can play mine if it's a unique character <laughs> so 
So yeah, or just to get him to, to sacrifice it or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it's kind of funny. There's been a couple games I played online, and uh, like round two, I get Ballard, <laughs> and it's just like, okay, round two. Okay, so you know, I take your big, you know, King Rob, and then you know, the second round, then I'm getting Ballard. So you know, that's another Rob interesting part of it too. Yeah, because if you're doing a kill anything or like mass board wipe. You're gonna kill yourself. Mm -hmm. You can't play any of your own cards again. Yeah. So then, <laughs> yeah, if you draw into a king rob, you're he's dead anyway, unless you have a way to bring him out of the dead pile. I think this deck's awesome. Um, I love it. I love the idea um, that it's so like, it's such a inventive way to stop people from doing what they want to do. Yeah, and also another couple key characters. Um, another one is Rickon. I was gonna ask about Start. Rickon because I was like, this one seems like an interesting choice, but carry on. Uh. One, it's to help um, against those like search, you know, like maybe search for a character or search for a location or the Sea of Blood agenda crap. Um, you know, you can automatically cancel that with sacrificing Rickon. Mm -hmm. So, and you can pull him back out with Flea Bottom if you need to, if you see they're about to do something tricky. Yeah, exactly. If you know, like, oh man, they're going to win by five. Okay, well, now I'm going to at least, you know, do that. You know, slow them down a little bit, mm -hmm. hopefully. But even then, they're killing their own characters. So, you know, what, you know, what are they gonna do? Kill my three finger hob? <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's a good point. You know, um, also I have two copies of Recruiter for the Watch, and that's actually, um, it's a good one. It's four costs, which I, you know, it's kind of high, but you know, like I said, it just goes with taking another character. Um, you're able to take a Oh, let me just read the, the text. So it says you may you may choose not to stand recruiter of the, for the watch during its standing phase. Marshalling action, kneel recruiter for the watch to choose a character with printing cost two or lower. Take control of that character until recruiter of the watch stands or leaves play. So like this could be a really good, you know, you just take a chud from them. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just kind of just, it's like a, you know, you just keep chopping at them. And then to where, you know, when you do the march to the wall plot, it makes it more um, uh, powerful. But then also you can use whatever chud that you gain from them. Um, you can use them as military claim, for example. Well, yeah, and um, you can take their key pieces too. Like, I mean, look at your deck. You have, you have like, Vet Builder. Or, I'm sorry, you have uh, Rickon, Arya, Three Finger Hob. Mm -hmm. You know, all mm -hmm. these cards that would fit in Recruiter of the Watch's limitations that you could steal from your opponent and stop them from doing stuff or, you know, it's, it just plays into that theme of like, well, if I'm playing with my opponent's cards, I might as well take all of their cards, not just the powerful ones. I need the ones that, like, can act as combo pieces, too. So, I don't know. It seems really cool mm -hmm. to me, especially if you get it off. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, oh, forgot what I was going to say. Um, you know, the more you can take from them you know the like i said the more powerful you know a march will be or a military claim will be um and you know from that so that's from my experiences playing it online um i haven't played it in person so the first time will be at the sword champ uh and it's gonna be it's gonna be fun i'm a little nervous about it but <laughs> it sounds like you've been doing well with it though and i think that's going to be the best part is you know how to play it yeah yeah i i kept going back with tyrell sea of blood 
and this deck. So um, this deck is definitely a lot more jankier than the, the other one, um, which I kind of like and I think it's fun. So, but then there's also the competitive side of me that comes out and I'm like, oh, this is sword championship. I should just bring something that's going to dominate. Like I know it's going to do well. And this one, it's done well online, but I've never played it in person. So I don't know hmm. how well it will go, but this deck is a lot of fun to play. So. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Um, mm -hmm. You know, thanks for listening. Uh, let us know what you think about Dom's Give Me Your Characters deck. Uh, let us know what you <laughs> think about the Baratheon spoilers. Um, we'll let you guys know what happens after the store champ. Uh, so we'll kind of do like a wrap-up report on it uh, as our next episode. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Comment, like, comment, subscribe. Do all that kind of stuff that makes it easier for us to do this more. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, uh, um, just so, so you know, know, like, being the like, next episode, next episode um, we, um, should, we do, should do uh, a recap, uh, recap of the store champ. champ. That's what I said. That's yeah, what I just said. Like, oh, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's... it's it's, it's like, like late, late at night, night here, here, okay? Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like yeah, you're right. <laughs> just 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 cut it out. <laughs> oh, okay. You got it. <laughs> yeah, so All right, bye everybody. Okay, man. <laughs> See you guys.